Who's ready for season two? It's that time again, another episode. I've actually had a few guest interviews fall through, so I was hoping that I was going to have content last week. That didn't end up working out. So we're back for another solo episode, and this time I wanted to focus on some of the things that I learned on my sabbatical. If you are not familiar what a sabbatical is, it's ultimately an extended paid time off from your job where you are awarded a number of weeks fully paid as a result of a long tenured employment. So I was super lucky that after both of my maternity leaves, I still qualified for this benefit at my job because I was planning on using the time to really do some soul searching and to find myself a little bit more and to see if I could get myself out of my comfort zone when it came to travel. And honestly, when it just came to life in general, I think one thing, especially in Silicon Valley, that is so commonplace is just the fact that everything here moves so fast. There is literally no time to hear yourself, to hear yourself think, to hear yourself feel, especially when your body is trying to tell you something. If you're sick, if you're overwhelmed, if you are feeling exhausted, if you're needing to meditate, if you're needing to give up meat or eat more healthy foods. I find that whenever I travel, I have a lot easier time listening to my body because yes, I'm a little overwhelmed by traveling because I might be in a place that I'm not used to or trying to kind of navigate a situation that I haven't in the past if I'm going somewhere that I'm going to for the very first time. But one of the benefits is that because you're in an unfamiliar place where you're not just so used to operating on autopilot, you have to listen more closely to your body. If you're in a new place and you're by yourself, you have to be more aware. Is your gut instinct kicking in saying this doesn't feel safe? Or are you feeling completely like, are you experiencing deja vu? Like, oh my God, why do I feel like I've been here before? That's also probably a sign. And maybe you have, maybe that's why you were drawn to that place in the first place. If you're somewhere where you've wanted to go your entire life and you're just in awe, taking in everything around you, the buildings, the people, the sounds, the food, the menus, the language, that's literally how I felt when I was in Paris. For my sabbatical, my husband and I went to Amsterdam for two days because he had a work obligation in the Netherlands. And then we went to Paris, which was my dream location for four days. Initially, our goal was to try to use all four weeks of my vacation to travel with our kids, but that just became incredibly difficult, having to pay for their school, having to have them travel on a flight internationally that was 11 plus hours. We both ended up deciding that that would have been a little bit too much for them at this age of four and two. So instead of taking them with us for four weeks, initially we were going to go to Spain, Portugal, and Croatia. We just decided let's make it a super quick trip, less than a week, so that we can go to a few of the places that we really want to go to, but also where he had a work obligation. So it ended up working out perfectly. So we took a trip to Amsterdam first, and 
Amsterdam was awesome. It felt kind of young to me. And I don't mean this in a negative way, but it seemed very broy. And maybe that's just the time where we were a lot of the sorority and fraternity events were kind of kicking off so there were a lot of fraternity and sorority events happening at the bars at nighttime and honestly it kind of I thought it was totally fine I thought it was a little bit fun to be kind of back in that environment but we went to a coffee shop for the very first time and I a I just thought that it was so fascinating and so fun as someone who used to smoke a lot of weed, that was just mind-blowing to me in a way. Obviously, I knew that it existed, but I feel like if I were 18 and that was so readily available to me, it would have been such a different experience because I feel like a lot of the reason, and this is literally my perspective, so I'm not a doctor, don't quote me on this, but I feel like we would potentially have less addiction in the United States if some of our let's say if marijuana was more legalized and people could go to a cafe and smoke and do whatever. Mind you, knowing Americans, we would probably end up over abusing that situation as well, which could cause car accidents or whatever. But I found it very fascinating that every single one of the coffee shops that I walked by, there were barely any people in there. When we went and I ordered something and we were sitting in there for a little bit there was only one other group of men and I think that there were three or four of them total and we walked by that place pretty much every single day because it was so close to our hotel and mind you we were only there for two days but still there were only max like three or four people in there at a time and I just found that to be incredibly interesting because that was one of the things that I felt like I learned it's not as enticing when it's so readily available to you it's the idea especially when you're younger when you're 18 or younger and you you want to do something because you're not supposed to do it or it seems so exciting because you know that it's against the rules and for people like me who have to learn everything on their own and you have a little bit of I guess pushback to authority you're not supposed to do something so of course you want to do it even more I feel like that mindset could have changed if some of the rules weren't as stringent when it came to things like that I had one full day in Amsterdam by myself and whenever I'm traveling with my husband for his work and I have time to myself, I always try to take full advantage of the opportunity and do things that get me out of my comfort zone, but also maintain my sanity where I feel safe and do things that I would totally do if I had someone with me, if my husband were with me, but that I don't have to second guess at all. Oh, is this person going to think this is fun? Will this be as exciting for them? I literally just operate by gut instinct, which is how my human design is meant to operate anyways. So that is exactly what I did. So on the day that my husband went into work, he woke up pretty early so that he could take the train given that it was about an hour and a half away. I woke up and I went to the gym in our hotel. I worked out for about 45 minutes or so. I did some weight training. There was another couple in there, maybe in their 50s, and we were the only three people in there, which was awesome. And then I went to go check if the Marriott Hotel still had breakfast open, but they didn't because I had slept in a little bit. So then I decided, okay, why don't I go and treat myself to breakfast? So I went right across the street was the canal, and I found this amazing little circular restaurant and they had indoor seating and they also had outdoor seating i sat right outside right along the canal so i could see some of the boats going by and i ordered dutch pancakes i had a coffee strawberries whipped cream 
And as soon as I was done, I started walking around the city a little bit. The day before, we had walked over 21 miles going around the city. I was so sore. My chubby little legs were just rubbing together in my jeans. I was getting a little bit uncomfortable there, but it was, I felt like we had seen everything that we could possibly see within that 21 miles. And so I didn't totally feel like I needed to do all of this walking because I'd seen most of what I wanted to see the day before. We'd gone to the red light district. We'd gone to a fun dinner right on the canal that I had made reservations for us in advance. We'd walked to a bunch of different shopping places. We stopped at a few different restaurants and a coffee shop. So I felt like I'd done most of those things the day before. So knowing that I had this time to myself, I was searching for a canal trip. And I wanted to take a boat along the canal. And for some reason, I kind of got lost, even though I'd gone 21 miles in the city the day before. So I ended up finding this little hut that was selling boat trips. And they had just so happened to have one that was five minutes from then. But it was a super small, like a speedboat. And there were only four other people on it. And so I was the fifth by myself. There was a dad and his son and then a husband and wife. All of them were from Germany. It honestly was not the best of experiences. The host was wonderful in the sense that he had so much history internally in his head. So he was just spouting off facts. And I found that absolutely fascinating. He literally knew everything about all the buildings, the people who inhabited them, the history, the art. But he kind of was making fun of me being the American who didn't know Dutch art. And after a while, that got a little annoying. Because I said from the beginning, I am not a history major and I don't have much experience in art from whether it's an American artist or otherwise. And every single time he talked about an artist, he would reference something about the American that didn't know art and that maybe someone on this boat should have a better understanding of art. So that really bothered me because... I'm a paying customer just like everyone else. And I got really annoyed. And at one point I kind of clapped back saying, I get it. I know that you think I'm the dumb American, but I would really love to continue to learn. So maybe we can kind of change the narrative there a little bit because I won't learn anything more by (laughs) you making jokes or making fun of me on this trip. And then he felt a little bad. And then I felt a little bad, but it was still beautiful to see. And I learned so much. And then from there, we took a flight to Paris. And as soon as we landed in Paris, I just had the most exciting energy. I could not wait to get to our hotel. Our cab driver did not talk to us literally at all, which was totally fine. Took us about 45 minutes or so. We stayed in the sixth arrondissement. I was so excited to use my French. I had been practicing on Duolingo every single day for 15 minutes before we left. I'd been practicing phrases like, may I get a chocolate croissant and a cappuccino? Um, may I have a white wine, please? I'm checking in. Hi, my name is Kylie. I'm checking in for our stay with my husband. It is our first time in Paris. I was practicing all of these things. As soon as I started to actually speak my French, I got so (laughs) nervous. So there were a few times where I started speaking in French and then they would respond and ask me if I spoke English. And then I would say yes. And then they would talk to me in English, but others humored me and talked to me back and forth in French. Although there were a few times where someone would respond to me in French and I wouldn't totally understand what they said. I think because Duolingo gives you certain prompts, but it's much different than actually speaking French. We didn't end up doing any of the super touristy activities like going to the Louvre or 
some of the other things that we could have done. What we did do that was absolutely amazing, I highly recommend this. We ate dinner at the Eiffel Tower at Madame Brasserie. It was amazing. It's a five, four or five course meal. The food is good, not incredible, but what was so amazing is that you get to skip all the line go up in the Eiffel Tower and you get to watch. We watched the sunset in the Eiffel Tower. And then after we were done eating dinner, because it takes about a few hours to go through all of the different courses, we went to the bar on the Eiffel Tower and stayed there until the Eiffel Tower lit up. And then we stayed there for a while, just having more champagne. And and by we, I mean, I was having champagne. And then we just talked and watched people dancing to music out on the Eiffel Tower, looking over the lawn. It was incredible. And our hotel was this little boutique. It was honestly pretty small, but it had a wonderful terrace. We couldn't see the Eiffel Tower. Well, actually kind of, we could kind of see the Eiffel Tower from our terrace, but it just was so safe and quiet. So it wasn't right in the bustling city center, which for me was great because I have a hard time sleeping. And so I think I would have had a hard time if we were right in the city center. It was absolutely astonishing to me how many cafes there were near us. I think in like a four block radius, there were seven or eight cafes, which was so fun. So we would stop and sit at one and have something to eat. And then we would kind of do some cafe hopping. My husband's a little bit of a picky, a pickier eater though. So that was one thing that I was trying to be incredibly mindful of knowing that I'm in recovery from an eating disorder. I'm trying to figure out what it means to eat for my body. I'm trying to listen to all of my hunger cues. I'm trying to be mindful of exactly what makes me feel good, what makes my stomach hurt, what I'm in the mood for versus what just happens to be available. And I think I did that a little less in Paris just based on some of the food options because there is so much bread and cheese and just a little bit of things that are a little bit heavier. I did still have some tummy troubles and I know a lot of people say that when they go abroad, they don't have as many because the wheat is not as processed as it is in the United States. I still had some stomach problems, but I think part of it was also just due to anxiety. And every time I travel, my body just gets a little overwhelmed being in a new place. We also did a dinner cruise on the Seine River. That was really awesome. The only thing that I would change is that we didn't have a guide giving us an overview of all of the landmarks that we were passing. So it was a little bit disappointing because I would know that we were passing something really important, but we had no idea what it was. And so we would tap our waiter when we saw her, but and she barely spoke English at all. So it was a little bit difficult to understand exactly what was going on. But the people right behind it, behind us ended up being from California, a mom and a daughter. And the mom had taken her daughter to Paris for her 18th birthday. And I just decided right then and there, oh my gosh, I have to do this for my daughter when she turns 18. What an amazing trip. They seemed like they were having just the best time. And I thought that it was just such a special idea to be able to do something like that. And how blessed must you be to be able to do something like that with your child. So that immediately went on to my bucket list of things I want to do with my daughter when she gets a little bit older. But one of the things that I really loved walking around Paris, A, it just makes so much sense that things start a little bit later. People seemed to be out so late drinking wine, eating, going to cafes and bars. And I'm sure, I mean, obviously in big cities, people do do that. And it's maybe not the same when you're living in the suburbs and some of those places aren't as readily available and within walking distance. But it all of the schools were in session. So one thing that we found when we were walking around the 
um, Luxembourg Gardens, which was also right across the street from our incredibly cute boutique hotel, Bonsoir Madame, we saw a couple, a traditional French couple with their son walking him to school at literally 1030. And they asked, can you take a picture of us in French? Um, and they, I talked to them in French for a little bit. And then I, they asked me something else that I didn't understand. And I said, I'm sorry, I don't know. And then they said, oh, do you speak English? And I said, yes. And then they said, oh, it's their son's first day of school today. So we just wanted to take a photo to, you know, commemorate the special occasion. And my husband and I looked at each other and we're like, wow, they are so classy. Just everything that they were, their outfit, her hair was done. I feel like in America, we go to drop our kids off. This is like the Alex Earl thing that's going around Instagram. She's like, yeah, I feel like I'm just getting ready to go pick up the kids. She's wearing jean shorts, high heels, a tank top and a hat. And then all of these moms on social media are saying that's literally nothing at all like we look like when we go to pick up our kids. We're all in sweats. Our hair was not done. We have on huge sunglasses, tennis shoes or slippers. Like it is not at all how it is in Paris. And one thing that I really loved is I don't want to put that effort in every single day. No, but I really loved that there was just this. There was just a vibe around you'll feel your best when you look your best. And the style was just so effortlessly chic. I ended up actually buying a few things there when we were in Paris because I brought a carry-on only. Yes, you heard that right. I brought a carry-on only for my trip to Amsterdam and Paris. So I didn't bring a ton of clothes. And actually one of the dresses that I bought, I think I might've accidentally left in Paris, which I am so upset about because it was the cutest little short sleeve dress that I posted on my Instagram. But everything just seemed so effortless. There were dresses with some tennis shoes, a sweater over the shoulders, or there were long skirts with tank tops and some cute little booties, or you'd see some baggier jeans with a crop top and some Jordans. Everything just seemed really effortless. But it's funny because I noticed that a lot of the girls that were younger all wore the same thing. It was all the baggy pants with a crop top. That is literally it. And then the women that were more in like their 30s and above, they had a lot more, a lot more variety in what they wore. And I was just in awe of all of the people watching. I genuinely had the most fun people watching, just listening to people's conversations in French, trying to figure out what they were talking about. One night we went to a cafe and the people next to us were talking about Johnny Depp's best movies. And I told my husband, oh my gosh, they're talking about this. And he said, are you sure? How do you even know that? And then I told him, listen, and you'll hear Johnny Depp. And then they kept talking, kept talking, and he finally heard it. And he was like, oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. And I just felt so proud of myself that I knew what I was talking about. And I think, and also the flights are so long when you're going abroad that you have a lot of time to think. And I think on the airplane also, kind of how you conduct yourself on the airplane sometimes also says a lot about you. Like, are you comfortable? Are you uncomfortable? Our flight there was a little bit of a pain in the ass. I was next to this man and he kept putting his elbow all the way over onto my seat. So I had no room. I was in the middle. My husband was on the other side leaning on me. So I'm trying to lean towards my husband's side. He's passed out asleep and this man has his elbow all the way literally into my arm. So at one point I just got so fed up after like four hours of this, I just put my elbow all the way against his as much on the armrest as I could to just try to establish some personal space. And that was, I told my husband, there was no way in hell we are flying home like this. So on the way home, we used points and 
put in a bid for business class and we succeeded with our points. It was amazing. It was a full lay down seat. I took a little melatonin pill. And one thing I did not realize, I thought I had fallen asleep for maybe like three hours. I watched a movie, had a glass of champagne, had our little snack right after we took off. We got our slippers. We had a blanket. I had my pillow. So I was just cozy, cozy, cozy listening to this movie and relaxing. Then I took my melatonin pill and apparently I fell asleep for eight hours. I kid you not, eight hours. I couldn't even watch two full movies because I had been asleep for so long. I do not know how I slept for that long. I think I was so overdue in need of sleep from the time difference. But usually if I'm on a flight that long, I love to read. I'll use like some sort of a face mask or under eye masks, which I did this time around. I will watch a movie or two and I'll try to get up at some point and move around or like stretch because sitting for that long without being able to really move just makes my butt fall asleep and I get so uncomfortable. But one of the other things that I really established when I was traveling is that you have... you just kind of have to become the version of you that's this more confident, self-reliant human being that you don't necessarily have the opportunity to just call and text a friend due to the time difference and say, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that, or anything that's overwhelming to you. You kind of just have to step into whatever you're feeling in the moment and move forward. If you're uncomfortable in your outfit, it's like, okay, we'll either get over it or go buy a new outfit and throw away something that you brought that doesn't make you feel good. I actually ended up throwing out one of the dresses I bought or I brought, sorry, because it was something that I had in my closet that I would throw on when I wanted to look a little bit more put together for certain video calls. But it was, it had buttons down the front, but because I've gained weight, it ended up that the buttons were all kind of popping open on my stomach And where it ended up falling on my legs was literally above my underwear line. So it was almost like I was just wearing this super long shirt when I was sitting at home in my office. I tried it on at one point there, kind of forgetting because I hadn't worn it in a long time. And I realized, what am I doing with this? Why am I still keeping this dress that I only wear on certain video calls that I can never actually feasibly wear outside of my house? It's taking up space and it does not make me love myself or feel excited about touching this or putting it on. So I rolled it up into a little ball and I put it into the trash can in our room. I also didn't really worry about my hair too much. And I put on makeup that was really easy to do. I only brought a few things because I was bringing a carry on and it was just kind of nice to be like, okay, it is what it is. Let's move on. Let's go out. I'm not super concerned. I'm feeling good. It's almost like I feel more confident in places where I don't know anyone at all and I have no idea what to expect because I have to find comfort in the fact that I know that I'm going to have a bit of anxiety about some of the things that are unknown about going to these places, like going on the Seine River cruise. I knew that we were going to basically be locked on a boat, but I had no idea of of what to expect. For instance, I thought that our boat was going to be a double-decker boat where there would be an opportunity for us to go to the roof and look at the views, there would maybe be a bar up there, but it was not like that at all. And it was one platform with a dome over the top so that we could see out. So every single person had a view. 
which mind you was amazing. But for some reason, I was kind of anticipating that we'd be able to move about more, but it was very fancy, very much sit down and stay in your seat unless you have to go to the bathroom. Don't move around because the boat is moving. We'll bring things to you. So that was a little different, but it's, I just feel like the opportunity to travel when you have the chance helps you learn so much about yourself. And those trips were the ones that we took without our kids. But then we came home when we had about four days before we left for Hawaii. We we're going to Oahu for the very first time and going to stay at the Disney Alani Resort. It was amazing. And let me tell you something. I am not the most confident person in a bathing suit. I don't think that I've been confident in a bathing suit for years, maybe literally decades, at least at least 10 years. <laughs> and that is sad, first of all, but also I know that there are things that I could be more disciplined about so that I'm not always complaining about my body and that I'm actually doing something to make myself feel good. I think most of us, especially women, like the, the women that I know will go on vacation and then we'll come home and just feel terrible about ourselves. Oh, I overindulged. I had so much to drink. I had so much to eat. Oh my God, I feel like a blob. I have to do all of this stuff. And we kill ourselves leading into the vacation, trying to fit into the outfits, fit into the dresses, all of these things. I just no longer believe that that's a way for me to live or that that's a way that's going to bring me any true joy in life. So one thing that I did that I found to be an incredibly, well, I guess just incredibly smart and really in tune. Like I listened to what I knew would make my body and my mind feel good. The first day that we got there, I decided I'm going to wake up at, I'm going to wake up early and I'm going to do a 7am workout class on a paddleboard in the ocean. So I went by myself to the beach. I met, there was one other couple that was participating and it was just me alone. So there were only three of us at the 7am class. It was beautiful outside. I wore a long sleeve bathing suit that I had that's kind of like a rash guard style bathing suit from Show Me Your Moo Moo. And I put on some biker shorts. So just because I didn't want to be completely doing this workout class in just a bathing suit because I didn't feel totally comfortable. So we paddled out into the water, we dropped the anchor off of our paddleboard, and we started doing a legitimate workout. We were doing squats, we were doing um, planks. We were doing, what else were we doing? Oh, we were doing push-ups. We were doing sit-ups. It was honestly so hard. And then we were doing practice. We were doing the practice jumps as if you were swimming, 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 and then jumping onto the board. Like you were surfing, trying to catch a wave. I was going really slow because my hips just literally don't move that way anymore. And my hips are really tight after kids. And so I was taking my time and then I realized, okay, I'm taking a little bit too long. I'm going to try to just pop up like she did. Yeah. As soon as I did that, I fell into the water and I tried it like four more times. I fell every time. I was the only one that fell, but I had so much fun because I'd actually been doing a lot of workouts leading into this trip. Not because, not just because I was going on vacation. That was obviously part of it, but because it was making me feel good. And so knowing that I had this strength to actually participate in this class and doing something that I felt like I would absolutely love the very first day of our trip just allowed me to set a great tone for myself leading into an experience where I was with my kids and I wanted to be able to enjoy every single moment with them without having to dwell on any of my body issues or put that on anyone else other than myself. And so 
once that class was done, I started walking back and then they met me on the beach and we just started our day. And then we went in the ocean and my daughter went in the ocean for the very first time because it was so calm. And we ended up just having the most amazing trip. And out of the 10 days that we were there, I think I worked out five or six times going to the gym and doing weight training, either first thing in the morning when the kids were still eating their breakfast or during the day when they were taking a nap. And that was I honestly just felt so good. I I didn't feel self-conscious going into the gym. There was one time when I went in the morning and it was totally crowded and none of the machines that I wanted to use were available based on the program that I was trying to do through my sweat app for my strength training that day, which was a little bit of a bummer. So I just kind of made do with some of the options that were available to me and just made the best of it. I got a great sweat in because even though they had air conditioning in there, it was still really hot after you actually started moving. And then I just continued my workout. And then throughout the rest of the trip, I signed us up for things that I thought our whole family would enjoy, like movie night on the grass. So we watched Moana on the lawn. We ordered Mexican food to the restaurant or to the venue for delivery. We brought drinks for the kids. I brought a mini bottle of wine for me. And it was just so nice to be able to just be so in tune with not only my body, but just being able to experience everything and have just this clear headspace. I also, at one point in time, did a workout by walking along the beach, listening to a meditation. I started jogging. I got really hot and overwhelmed (laughs) because it was like the middle of the day when the kids were at the beach with my husband, but I just felt like I need to kind of get out of my head a little bit. So I'm not going to go in the pool just yet. I'm going to go on this walk. And I think being able to be on vacation, especially when you're with your family and you've been there for a long time and all you've been really doing is putting your energy towards everyone else and not really towards yourself you need, or at least I need to take some time for me, whether that's going on a walk on the beach and listening to a podcast or a meditation, whether that's sitting on the balcony and listening to a five minute meditation so that I can hear the waves. I can also hear the words. I can really take them in. I can do some breathing exercises, but most importantly, the thing that I learned from my sabbatical is that moving my body makes all of the difference for me. In Amsterdam, our first day there, I mentioned that I did a workout in the morning, which was great. As soon as we got to Paris, I did not work out once. And mind you, we walked everywhere, um, except for when we went to some of the places like the Eiffel Tower that were a little far from the six arrondissement. But I tried to, we tried to just walk everywhere that we could. Why not? We wanted to see everything and really experience it. But the gym there was so small. It was in the basement. There was no air conditioner in there. And so I just did not want to go down there. That was not an environment that for me would be conducive to exercise and to getting my best workout in this tiny little like dungeness space. So I kind of was missing it when we came home. I was very excited to get home and to be able to go to the gym. And I think I learned that it's healthy for me to put myself in new situations and environments. I have never been as hungry to travel as I have been now. And part of that is because I've always lived in the exact same place that I was born. So I've never actually 
experienced what it feels like to be somewhere that I don't totally know where I am for a very, very extended period of time. Obviously that happened when I went away to college, but I was still only 30 minutes away. So while it felt far, it didn't feel like this whole other place where you put yourself completely out of your comfort zone and you have to kind of become this new version of yourself in order to survive. It's almost like this fight or flight response that you're put into this new situation and scenario. You have to engage with people that you've never engaged with and really kind of find a new path. And that's one thing that I realized that is incredibly important for me and my ongoing personal growth journey as I move forward forward is just the ability to put myself in situations that allow me to identify with that person and my future self that tells me this is the version of you that you're meant to be. This is the version of you that can still be disciplined, that can still that can listen to her body, that can identify when her mind needs some sort of whether it's a meditation or something to make her feel more steady, more in tune, more connected to herself. And sometimes in the hustle and bustle of my everyday life, I put some of those things off because I'm just so tired or I'm so overwhelmed with something or how the day had gone or you name it. And I think that so many of us do that. And then when we travel, we have no choice. Obviously, travel can be very overwhelming with kids, but I think you just have to know that going into it and truly make the absolute best of it. Yes, you'll get frustrated here and there, but it'll be so much worse if you're not taking care of yourself, both mentally and physically. So that's one thing that I think is so important, especially when you're traveling with your kids. You have to make sure that you are doing the things that your body and your mind will need in order for you to stay sane and get the most out of the experience. They're only little for so long. And so that's one thing that I always tell myself if I'm experiencing something that's super frustrating, I will wish for this moment as soon as it's gone. So I need to try to be the best mom that I can be in the moment. And if that means that I need to take a break away for 10 minutes and tell my husband, I need to walk this off, then I need to vocalize what I need in order to come back to the moment and be the best person that I can be. Travel 100% instills that in me. And I am so glad that I was able to have this moment to do that for myself. If you learned anything from this episode, I hope it's that... If you're having a call to do something, just try it, whether it's travel or whether it's a meditation every night before bed. If there's something that's calling you and it seems and your body is giving you the signs of this is something that you need to do, then you need to do that. And don't be afraid because it could be the best thing that you've ever done for yourself. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you feel so inclined and you would like to rate and review the podcast, please go ahead and do so on either Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening today. It would mean so much to me and I'm so thankful that you're here.